podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast. The NFL Road Show, fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Crackers. And welcome to this week's episode of Coffee Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I'm your host for this week, Chris. And of course, you can see we are live on YouTube. We are live on your screens. You can see our beautiful faces. This will be the new theme for every week. Uh, I'm joined by Harold, Fahi, and Mike. Fellas, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you, Chris? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Harold, Fahi? Not bad, you know. Not bad. Living life, 7 nil up. God is good. Woo. Honestly, life couldn't be better. Apart from Mike, my, my enemy. <laughs> life couldn't be better. <laughs> you started early. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to. Seven heaven. Fahi, how are you doing, sir? I, I'm pa- I'm paranoid. That's that's what I am right now. I'm paranoid. We're we're on we're we're on YouTube. People are watching <laughs> us. And I saw what we did to Harold last week, so I don't need any comments. Therefore, I'm wearing my cap. My hair's very long. <laughs> okay. Do you, oh, okay. Do you know what he said? He said, I saw what we did to, to Harold last week. This was all Fahi, by the way. I want you to know that only Fahi critiqued my head, yeah? No one else. Yeah. Just Fahi. So, um, yeah, so I'm a bit paranoid, but it's all good. It's all good. Other than that, I'm all fine. How are you, Chris? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm in the festive, festive spirit, along with Harold, as you can see. Got the Santa hat on. I'm dressed in red. I am Christmas. 
You know what I mean? You see what I did there with the name? Remix to Ola. But, let's get a few things out of the way before we start with this week's episode. Of course, Matthew Price said this week's episode of Cop and Fracas is proudly brought to you in association with partners over at Fanslide. Uh, what on earth is Fanslide, you might be asking? Well, Fanslide is the world's first live and in-play fantasy football game. And if there's one thing we love here at Cop and Fracas, it is a friendly game of fantasy football. Isn't that right, Mike? You're talking to the chap right here. Of course, I love fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, with Fanslide, you can play against your friends. You can also play against us here at Coppins, uh, and of course, with the rest of the guys from the Touchline Fracas Network for free. And you've also been a chance to win some cash prizes on certain select games. Um, it's quite fun doing it this weekend. I actually played I actually played a game on the weekend with Fahi um, on the Everton versus Arsenal game and. Uh, Fahi, you made the you made a fatal mistake at the beginning of the game, didn't you? What did I do? I remember you telling me you put someone in, then you took them out. Oh, mate, the, the two games I played, I, God, it was the game on Saturday, and then I did the United game. The most recent one I can remember now is the United game, and what ir- irritated me was I was looking in the first half, and I was like, okay, I need to put a man new defender in because Leeds don't look like they're scoring. So I put in Harry Maguire. And I put in Harry Maguire instead of Lindelof, and then Lindelof scored. And I was like, ah, oh, that's 60 points. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really good. It's, it's, it's super good. But I always regret the transfer I make because, it's, it's, you know, that hindsight kind of thing. Yep. But, yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I had the exact same thing um, for the Everton-Arsenal game. I, I put Mason Holgate in my uh, in my kind of double slot at the beginning of the game. And I got a bit cold feet, changed him out for Michael Keane. And I just saw nothing but interceptions galore from Mason Holgate. I was like, oh, God, what have I done? Well, thankfully, I had Yerry Mina in when he scored. So a little bit of uh, little bit of uh, serendipity on my own from there. But we're playing this Sunday when Liverpool take on West Brom, which we'll be talking about later on in this part. So join me on the fun and search for Sandslide today in the App Store and download. Fanslide, don't just watch the game, play the game. So, fellas... We've got seven seven reasons to uh, be on this part tonight, haven't we? Woo! Yes, we seven, do. Seven, yes, we seven, do. seven, boys. Um, uh, if you didn't know, uh, I mean, I talked about it last on this weekend on the main part. Me and Harold talked about it on the uh, Patreon exclusive uh, episode of Cop and Fracas, which dropped literally about an hour after the game. That's what you get from us. You get that speedy service, especially when you're in lockdown. I think we all need that now more than ever. So let's get in, stuck into it. Mike, Liverpool 7, Crystal Palace 0. Nothing. Nada. They didn't even have a... Well, they did have a sniff. But they didn't convert anything. So that's the most important thing. Um, talk me through your emotions at the end of that game. For me, after the game, I felt like I just watched the Champions play. And not just champions of last season, but champions of this season too. Like mm. it was such an authoritative performance. We were we were just a better side, and people spoke a lot in the first half on BT Sport. I watched the game on BT Sport. They were speaking a lot about how Crystal Palace created these chances. It wasn't necessarily the creative chances, but they had opportunities as clocked it after the game, and they had like the pass before the chance really, but it never ever really got there. And we just cut through them so many times. They were more expansive than I expected them to be, Palace. And we cut through them so many times. And some of the football we played was genuinely the stuff of dreams. Like the Firmino goal, the, the, sec- the first goal I think it is, where he just kind of oh. slots it over the outside of his foot. It's just a gorgeous goal. Like everything about that goal is brilliant. And we saw a few times in the day just Liverpool cut through Palace and play some of the best football we've ever seen, really. So I loved it. I enjoyed the game so much. And 
it's good to see Bobby smiling again and scoring goals and Manny smiling and scoring goals and like I was listening to the Anfield rap and Neil Atkinson always says the thing it's like people think Firmino doesn't like scoring because he doesn't score often but he loves scoring goals and you can see when he smiles and does his Kung Fu kick like he loves scoring goals Bobby Firmino loves it so like it's good to see him back in the goals and I hopefully this is like the start of a good run for him because I feel like Firmino can be quite a streaky player where he, like, he scores goals in like a a, a nice little run of games and you might go a few more games without scoring goals so like literally so many good things happen Minamino scoring his first goal in the league for us as well was a, was a good positive it's just, it just a perfect performance and like it's the performance of champions because we did have to weather the storm at times like I said Palace created um, opportunities they did create some opportunities and they, they did play quite well um, in, in, in spells in the game but Liverpool rode, rode those spells of the game really, really well and, and ultimately just put together a, a footballing clinic. So no complaints to my end about the game. It was just a, it was just a wonderful game to watch. And you always enjoy those games. And it's, it's nice to beat Palace as well because I've always been wound up by Crystal Ball. I hate that like memory of, Chris, of Crystal Palace free, <laughs> Liverpool free. So whenever we get a chance to beat Palace and beat them handsomely, obviously I'm going to enjoy that. So, And I also have a few Palace mates as well. I went to school in Croydon, so... I have a few mates to support Palace, so it's always nice to kind of rub it in their faces when we beat them too. That's what I like to hear. I mean, you can tell you, you can tell Mike is in the business of the years because that is the as an eloquent way of just saying how fantastic we were at the weekend. Um, I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, a few comments we've got here. Uh, Brother Mario, I hope you are well. I do have the touches in the box stats for Roberto Firmino. It was two touches and two goals. Woo! We will talk about him a lot more later on in the five. We've got Els in the building as well. Els, how are you, brother? Um, we're in a nice position here because we did a pod a few few months ago uh, off the back of a soul-crushing, uh, emasculating result against Aston Villa, to put it nicely, where we lost 7-2. Um, so let's, let's, let's reverse that and talk about um, our goals because... The Minamino goal in particular, Fahi, I'll come to you on this one so I can get you off your phone. Um, even though I know you're doing important stuff. Um, exactly. How do you feel now? ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> the way he takes the chance, you would never thought yeah. that that guy was someone who we have, has given the impression that he's lacking in confidence. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> oh, I hate YouTube, man. Honestly, I hate YouTube so much. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no. The, the way he took his chance, amazing. The, the first touch, the second chance, and then just the confidence in smashing it in bottom corner is beautiful. Um, I'm really happy for him. Uh, he, he's been, he's been, he's been having so many. He's had such a difficult like twelve months at the club, and there've, there've been periods where he's looked sharp, and then he's either got injured or he's just been dropped, and. You know, he's not had a position to really play in. We're not really sure that he plays centrally, on the wing, up front. So, you know, I, I think against Palace, the fact that he scored really early on boosted his confidence up straight away and it just got him going. And you saw for the rest of the game how well he played. He just looked like yeah. a man that was about it. Like, he knew what his purpose was for that game. And I hope moving forward that Klopp continues to play him and utilise him the same way. No, I mean... Yeah the way he kind of went through the rest of the game and it was good for him to get the entire for the entire 19 minutes YouTube is honestly the best I don't know why we've not done this too, by the way because some of these comments I mean Chris, I mean, yeah, I mean, people want to see the hair people want to see the hair let's give them what they want man you know what I'm saying um, 
Um, yeah, um, I look like AJ Styles. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you actually um, do. I actually do. Um, yeah, what was I about? Yeah, Minamino. Um, <laughs> the run he had in the second half was absolutely sensational. <laughs> Uh, we need to compose ourselves because we're never going to get through this seriously. Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's my fault, to be honest. It's my fault. Apologies. Keep going, keep going. As you um, he had such a, a raw dementing run in the second half where you look at it on the surface and we think he should have scored, but it's a bloody difficult chance. And it's so nice to see him getting a, getting a full run out. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to see him kind of kick on from now. Because it, it has been a bit of an odd one for him with his time at Liverpool so far. I mean... Uh, uh, I mean, we're all fairly sympathetic unless your name is uh, Rob Mush, uh, and then you just want to kind of like beat him, <laughs> beat him with sticks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he I think he signed for the club at possibly the worst possible time when you think about it. Um, as weird as that sounds, because he's had to integrate whilst living by himself, didn't speak English, um, and has had to learn that in, in the year he's been in the club, and was living for himself through lockdown. So. In terms of like the, the mental toll that takes on him, it's 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 got to be um it's got to be harsh. Um, the second goal was scored by a man that we have in. We've talked about being a little bit heavy in legs and, and boring form. Uh, Mr. Sadio Mane, um, Harold. I'm going to go to you, to you for this one. Um, again, the goal of someone you never would have thought was was looking out of form. Yeah, it's. It is. It's, it's, it's a goal I was really, I was really happy with. I did speak on the post-match pod. That was actually my favourite goal of the lot. And this kind of performance, just to speak on another performance just for a second, it was something that's been coming for a while. And I was saying how Fahi and I have been mentioning it for so long. And that when things click in this team, we waste so many chances. When things actually click, this kind of result has, has been pending for months now. And things just went really well. Eight shots on goal, seven goals. It was, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Sadio Mane, just a touch on him. You know what's interesting? I did think initially, I didn't say this at the time, but I, I really wish I did. Initially, I did think that he did look very leggy, look, did look very tired. However, he did have a little bit of a break. It wasn't very much, obviously, but he did have a little bit of a break. And I do think when he came back, he didn't look, he didn't look leggy. He didn't look, um, he didn't look like he was off, he was off the, he was off the boil as such. I did think that he was just being unbelievably, um, useless with, with the ball in, 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 for, for lack of a better word <laughs> I had a mind block there for a um, he, was, he, was just, he was just like really really wasteful which he is most days in all honesty just that normally he gives us that gives us that worldy of a goal when he misses an open goal or something like that yeah. that's typical money isn't it however against um, Palace I just think he was absolutely sensational man that touch and that finish, I really did feel bad for um for Guita, the Palace goalkeeper, because he didn't have any chance of any goal. They were just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant finishes. And big props to Mane. I was happy that he went off the pitch upset and annoyed. He should be upset and annoyed. These are these are our uh, wide forwards who want to score goals, who 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 relish in in front of a team that looks like they are there to be got at. So yeah, man, it's great. It's great. Yeah, Sadio Mane uh, looking incredibly vexed when he came off. Um, that's, that's one for your FPL possible triple cap there because he's going to bang, and one for your fan slide as well. So remember that for the weekend uh, when the game is on. Um, Mike, this next goal, the third goal, the Roberto Firmino goal, you talk about poetry and total football. That goal was absolutely phenomenal. Talk us through it. It was, it, it was perfect. Like, the... Firmino's involved in the build-up play, obviously. He plays the ball to Robertson. And the pass from Robertson doesn't look on. 
when he plays a pass. I didn't see that pass at all. And he plays it in the space. And Firmino's first touch to kill the ball and then just take it in his stride with his outside of his foot. It's just a remarkable goal. And like, you never thought we'd score that kind of goal against Palace on the weekend because I thought it was going to be a low block. But we put pressure on them, maybe score like a, not on, not on transition for sure. Like I thought we would kind of score a goal where we're peppering them and put pressure on them and then we'll kind of break through that way. But to score a goal like that on a transition, like that's the Liverpool goal from maybe like 17, 18 or, or yeah. that kind of, that period of time where we would break quite quickly and, and score and score against teams. I love the goal. Like, it's probably my favourite goal of the season. Like I, before, before that goal was the Everton one. And Manny's first goal against Everton was my favourite goal of the season just because we worked that goal. But this goal's like much, much better goal. It's just a brilliant goal. And again, on Firmino, the way he takes that goal, like we speak about Minamino, who hasn't scored while, he takes it with some confidence. Like Firmino was very nonchalant in finishing that goal. And like he's only scored before that, it was the, the Tottenham goal. So you can see what the goal's done for him. And we spoke about Manny before, about him lacking sharpness and looking leggy. I guarantee you moving forward now, Manny's going to play with some confidence. He's going to look a lot sharper. And all the talk of like him needing a rest will completely diminish or like go. Like For me, it's less about them needing a rest and more about them just needing a goal just to boost their confidence. Like for Manny, watching him against Spurs, it wasn't like he was he was leggy. To me, it was just like he just wasn't making the right decisions. He just didn't play with the conviction we know he can play with. And he wasn't playing with that same aggression that he can, he can play with in, in the final third. And that goal he scored in the weekend will do in the world of good. And it was a typical Mane goal, like the touch and and the quick finish. That's very instinctive. That's very Mane. And I think we're seeing, like, the ominous sign for, for our rivals is that all three forwards are in form for the same, at the same time. And it's something I spoke about in the past, where it's like, often it's been like two of the three or one of the three in, like, in really good form at, at one given time. Since the 17-18 season, where they all have a, an amazing goal scoring. But now what we're seeing is, Salah scoring some amazing goals. Firmino's back in back in form. Amane's back in form. And you add Thiago to the fold. You add, you know, Shakir coming in off the bench as well. You, we have so many options now. Minamino scoring goals. Like, it's really as ominous for, for our rivals. And people will try and pretend there's a title race. I'm fairly certain there's no title race this season. Like, the next team they're going to big up is Manchester United, who are, what, four or five points behind us. They will beat Leicester on the weekend. They'll go on a nice little run. And they'll drop points. They'll, they'll, they'll play us at Anfield. They'll lose. There is no title race. Like, sorry to break it to you, rival fans. The title race is, is over. We are the best team in the country and we're going to win the league again. And not like at a canter like last season. It would be 18 points. There'll be a nice, healthy cushion. And I think on Saturday, we just demonstrate the gap in quality between us and the rest. And the third goal is a perfect summation of that gap in quality. The soliloquies that Mikey's coming out with today are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I can't think of a better person to have on the podcast, honestly. It's, it's getting me sucked in, so I mean, good Lord, uh, pause as well. Um, but yeah, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to sub to the Just Like Crackers YouTube channel, to like this video, and just keep looking through all the fantastic content that we've got going on. Uh, the fourth goal, Jordan Henderson. What a finish, uh, Mark. We have been, we, uh, we've actually been joined by Brother Marco. Brother Marco is here, everybody. How are you doing? I'm good, man. As you know, man, just always busy, always late. I'm sorry for being late again, guys. But, yeah, I'm here to wax lyrical about such a fantastic squad that we have. And if we move on to Henderson's goal, um, I can't remember, but there was a switch of play. I believe it was from, did you Naby Kater? Just before, into... <laughs> But there was a hitch of play that went straight into Trent, yeah. Trent 
I believe Trent wanted to go take it on his right foot and cross it, but his touch wasn't that great. He went on to his left foot yeah. and laid off for Henderson, and that was a beautiful finish. The um, weight on the ball to be able to lay it off for Henderson's hit first time was perfect, and to whip it into the corner like that was amazing. Henderson doesn't really show that type of ability too often, but 11 of the 27 Premier League goals have come from outside the box, so... I was going to say, you say what you want about Jordan Henson. Um, when he scores, they are bangers. They are top draw stuff. So, I mean, uh, Mike, Jordan Henson, top five midfielder in the world? Top five midfielders in the world. Um, Harold, you would like to hear this, but Jordan Henderson is one of the best midfielders in the world. He is world class. Farouk, this is for you too. You're listening. You're going to listen at home tomorrow morning, maybe. Farouk. Jordan Henderson is top five midfielders in the world. I'm sorry, there aren't many better than him. Like jokes, I'm not even joking here. Like Jordan Henderson, for the last 18 months, has been playing at a level. Maybe only Kimmich, De Bruyne, Thiago can compete with that level he's been playing. Honestly, he's out of this world. And people don't like to praise midfielders like Jordan Henderson because they have like quite obvious technical deficiencies. So like Jordan Henderson's not going to pass the ball like Thiago or De Bruyne. Or he's maximising his ability week in, week out and putting together world-class performances. Like, we are watching one of Liverpool's best ever midfielders week in, week out. He is top five. Like, no doubt about it for me. Howard, what, what do you think? Harold <laughs> 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 on the spot, baby. Man, that is hilarious. If I speak, I'll be in big, big trouble. So I pretend. <laughs> <like that. laughs> no. There's oh, no way. There's no way. As we grow as Cop and Fracker, that Mike. See, look. This is why, this is why Mike is my enemy. He wants to put me in a position. <laughs> put me in a position where I speak. I speak badly about our captain of the club. No, I won't do that, Mike. I'll reserve all comments to our private conversations. For this conversation you want to have, please wax lyrical on, on Jordan, Jordan Henderson. He deserves it. And well done on coming second in the, um, in the award ceremony for um, the Personality of the Year award. So, yeah, that's, that, that's all I have to say on you, Jordan. Great, great job, man. Keep it up. <laughs> you did well to save yourself there. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I know, very, mate. Very Honestly, well. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you may be a politician, but I'm an accountant, yeah? All right? <laughs> <laughs> that was just a brief insight as to the conversation. That was so that nasty. That was so nasty. <laughs> was so nasty. Yeah, Mike, Mike is really nasty to that, man. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was literally a, uh, a brief insight to the conversations that we have in the Touchline Podcast. Um, in Touchline Podcast Discord channel on the Carpen server. So if you are wanting to get involved in conversations just as that, if you want to flog Harold, if you want to flog Mike, if you want to flog me, um, then join the Carpen Podcast Discord channel. We'll post the link uh, soon. Um, the fifth goal. Another for Roberto Firmino. Just beautiful finish. Uh, Fahi, I'll come to you on this one. Um, the dink at the end is just yeah. beautiful. Yeah no, it's a, yeah, no, for sure. We, I, I mean, we discussed on the Patreon episode last week regarding his confidence. And this was for pre-match, right? Yeah, so for, for pre-match Palace, we discussed how Firmino has to start super confident. He had five shots against Spurs, scored. And, you know, again, against Palace, he was on it. He was absolutely on it. His movement was great. He had two shots and he scored two goals. I mean, the way he, he dragged the ball to his left but still dinked it with his right over the keeper is beautiful. Um, and, and this is what I want to see. Like, 
How many times? It's, it's embarrassing to say, but how many times can we say we've seen Firmino have seven shots in, in two games? Like there have been periods where he's had zero shots. So the yeah. fact that you know he he, sm- he sniffs smelling blood now, it's like he's realised shit. Jota's here, Salah's here, Mane's here. I need to also contribute with goals. So you know it, it's like he's got extra energy in him now, and he, and he you know he's been rested for a while as well. It's not like he's been starting every single game, and he just seems like the Bobby Firmino of old. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does against West Brom. No, I completely, completely agree. I mean, we'll talk about a little bit more on Firmino uh, shortly, but I think that competition, the healthy competition, you know, not just being afraid of Divock Origi uh, being the understudy, has been the shots of the arse that he's definitely needed to kind of kick on his form. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of put the two goals together because uh, this brother was on the bench. Um, there were people in the uh, Copper Fracas WhatsApp group saying, that, ooh, who captained Mo Salah? Ooh, who would do that for SPL? And I laughed at them. They laughed at me. And then I laughed at them. Because the man came off the bench and scored two goals. Um, I'm looking at you, Mike. I'm looking at you, Tay. I know you're in the group. You know that, man, right? Okay? You're never going to beat me, okay? (laughs) Um, A fantastic finish from close range from Mo Salah. And then just a cracking, cracking wonder stroke. Where is that for his last goal? Harold, I'll come to you for this one. Great to see, I'd say, Chamberlain um, being involved in this two on his kind of return to the football first team. Um, the seventh goal from Mo Salah, a wonder, a wonder strike, and just something we know he's completely capable of. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's the type of strike he tries um, pretty much every week. Um, Mike and I, I feel like we, although obviously we have our, our, our jokey grievances together, we do have, we do, we do really watch and analyse the way Mo Salah plays. And the way the, the way he plays is like he'll have certain times. He's he's a very intriguing player to watch. Obviously, he's very very goal hungry, but he always tries that type of shot. You saw that you saw it come up against Atalanta away, where it actually paid off, and he managed to get that same type of goal. But and he obviously did it against Roma as well at home. That that amazing goal he scored. But it's, it hasn't been coming off of late. This goal, I think, was absolutely fantastic. You saw the dip and how it looked like it was going over the bar. Dips underneath the goalkeeper. It, it goes in. He's he's just excellent. He's I don't, I, I'm running out of superlatives for for for, um, <laughs> for Mo Salah. He's he somehow divides opinion, but there's one thing that that he does get, and that is just goals, man. He just gets loads and loads of goals. And I did see one stat, and that was out of all the foreign players that have come into the Premier League, his goal and assists per game, so his ratio is 0.97. That is the highest out of anyone ever. The next person up is, is Thierry Henry, and that's 0.96. I just want to add to that and say our number 11 scores like a 9 and creates like a 10. Ooh! That's not actually from me. Some journo said it today. I don't know. Uh, who it is. No, 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 yeah, he's he's yeah he's just yeah just to continue on from what far he said he's he's amazing to watch and it's just great to see for the first time as well just because I, I don't think we've mentioned it as well for the first time in I don't know we we're talking about it in a while in years I think since the Roma game that our front three have all scored in the same game that's insane it was the, um, it was the Porto game Porto from, oh was it Porto, Porto away, I think. Yeah, yeah yeah Porto away. Like how long ago was that? Like guys, like this is this is nice I mean, to it's see. Com- it's, it's coming up on two years. 
That's it. Yeah, yeah, like, which, which, which is insane. And I'm not even a betting man, but I always knew whenever I'd see like a, I'd see like some odds on for all top, all, all our front three to score. I'd be like, yeah, if you're a betting man, you 100% go for that. But now you obviously couldn't, you couldn't have said that of late. But it's good to see Mo. Good to see Mo obviously doing his thing, being consistent this year. Marley coming back into form and to breaking his 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 little bit of a duck. And Bobby Firmino, most most impressively for me, and I really hope he can replicate his seventeen eighteen form. Man, he's, the last two games he's proper impressed me. I think he's he's been absolutely balling, man. Fantastic player. You know, that man, you are in the fan slide game. So for everyone else, if you want to be in the fan slide game, head over to the App Store, search fan slide, and join the fun with us guys today. Sorry, Mark, I did cut you off there. Um, no, no problem. Just to stick on Mo Salah for a minute, I don't think we appreciate this pass for Robert Firmino's second goal enough. I think that pass, the weight of pass to get into Firmino's stride, to literally where he can pick what side he wants to go, and then to be able to carry out the gate the way he did, was absolutely perfect. And Salah's been creating a little bit more than normal nowadays, and it seems like he's trying to be more of a team player. And I'm, I know you're listening to this, or you're going to listen to this, he is trying to be less selfish, but it will come, it will come. And I still think he's going to get the 35. It's a big claim, but yeah. I mean, he's on pens now, so it's not impossible. It's not he impossible. Is, is. Just on, on topic of um on topic of Saladis, sorry, sorry, Chris, to, to, to interrupt no, you. No problem. Um, I just had a comment from one of our YouTube um listeners, and they're saying, what are your thoughts about Salah's recent comments? Uh. I'm just just to delegate just just to just to borrow responsibility from Chris for a second, Mike. I feel like you you you, you spoke quite well on this in the group, and I'm, I'm eager to. I think it'd be good to spread your thoughts to to the rest of our listeners. I guess the first thing I'd say is that the thing that people have picked up from Salah's comments, they ignore the main kind of bulk of what he said, which was, "I want to break all the records I can at Liverpool." Now that was kind of the essence of what he was saying, and he and he he essentially left the door open for a possibility in the future of joining Real Madrid or Barcelona. Like, I'm not worried if Salah has that ambition to join Real Madrid or Barcelona. Liverpool players have always had a desire. And, like, we have Paul and Manchester United, who are the two biggest clubs in this country, are still below Barcelona and Real Madrid in the footballing food chain. So it's natural that a player like Mo Salah, who kind of does see himself as... Or he, he, I think he wants to experience football around the world and be a footballing star will have a desire one day to play from Madrid or Barcelona. But it wasn't like he had an imminent desire to leave the club and, and flee for Barcelona. He wouldn't be sensible to anyway, because Barcelona and Real Madrid right now are not the same club like compared to us like in terms of where they are. Like Barcelona are not going to go anywhere in the Champions League. And Real Madrid look like they need a, a few signings to, to be able to compete in Champions League. So I was fine with his comments. He never gives interviews. And like to give an interview to a Spanish newspaper... Was always going to raise alarms and raise like eyebrows, but his comments were fine, and I think Sal is just a, a brilliant player, and like he is going to eventually leave the club, and it might be for one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. For those of you listening on our DSPs, you, you don't have a clue what's going on. So, as Christian said initially, we are live on YouTube, and there are. We are live, baby. We are live, live on YouTube. Live. Tuesday night live. We are live on YouTube, and obviously, we have our comments coming in live, live and direct. And every time we keep laughing, guys, it's because we're getting hilarious comments from friends and folks um, in, the, in the comments. And most of the comments are just about how we look. They don't even care about the game itself. It's just, I don't even know about how we look. But sorry, sorry, Mike, as you were. 
I can't remember what I was saying to us. You taste for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I, I mean, think the crux of it is like Salah's, Salah's comments were fine. Like, there's nothing to worry about at all. When I sit fast in a ring, when I go hard, that's Santan. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueIsle. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash bluewire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. When I sit fast in the ring, when I go hard, that's Santan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's kind of half new contract. And it's also half, I'd like a new challenge at some point in my career which you kind of look at it from yourself as a normal worker. It's something you aspire to in your normal personal life. So to have that in a footballing sense makes complete sense. Um, Fahi, your thoughts on most others' comments? Yeah, I, listen, it, it, it was a chess move. He knows what he's doing, speaking to AS. It, this is someone that doesn't speak to the press regularly. He, he's gone to AS for a reason. He's been advised by his smart agent to go there and speak to them. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's not to say that he wants to leave, but ultimately he's pressurising the club on trying to sort out his contract. He's got two and a half years yeah. left. He's on 200k a week and he wants to earn more money. And ultimately he's putting himself out there and he's basically kind of posing the question of, you know, could Salah leave? Could Salah get another move? And if Salah's not going to get another move, could he get a new contract? And that's what he's trying to sort out. So um, I, I don't think it's a, it's accurate for fans to just be like, oh, it's absolutely fine what he's doing. I mean, he's in it for himself, but he's doing the smart thing. He's he's yeah. playing the club with the press and he's playing the club with potential suitors and he's trying to get the best deal for himself. And I'm sure there'll be other interviews coming out soon. He's going to brief his friends to talk as well. But, you know, this is modern football. This is this is what footballers are like nowadays. And um, I have not, I, I don't have a problem with it. But you know we need to accept it for what it is. He, he's playing. He's playing the club and he's trying to get a new contract. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not too dissimilar to the Pogba stuff in in a sense. But you've it's it's just on a lesser scale because you know what Mino Raiola is like as an agent and the different effect that that has to Manchester United when his comments come out, as opposed to Mo Salah, we see it as a bit of a chess move. Uh, we do have a fantastic com- a fantastic question coming from Tay. Um, where do we realistically think Mo Salah will go? In the current state of football is in, where money is fairly scarce at the moment, uh, clubs aren't making as much money as they can, the possibilities for a Mo Salah transfer for not only this upcoming winter, but next summer as well, 
in my opinion, are drastically slim. So yeah. you look at Bar- you look at Barcelona. They've got fuck all in terms of money. They need to shift more players before they can bring players back in. Uh, you look at um, Real Madrid. They reportedly brought in only about three hundred thousand in revenue uh, from their annual annual meeting, which is drastically down from what they had before. Their losses are insane. And again, Not very they're already, what, 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 what do you mean three hundred thousand? That's how much they brought in. I think the, I'll, I'll double check the figure. Do, but do you mean in terms of ticket sales? I'm trying to understand what the three hundred thousand is for. You guys keep talking. I'll find, I'll find the figure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I just, just want a bit of clarification. Otherwise, listeners will get confused. I'm like, what? Three hundred thousand is really low, man. Yeah, it's really low. Just to oh, add on Madrid, Chris, I think that like the reason I don't think they'll sign um, Salah is Hazard. Like Hazard yep. has some brilliant years in the Premier League, and like they sign him at age 28, 29, I think it is. And he's gone on to have these injuries. And, like, they just signed Hazard slightly past his peak years. And I think Madrid historically have for the past four or five years anyway. So you look at the players they signed. James Rodriguez. Um, I don't think who else they've signed in this period. Most of the players they do tend to sign, and Hazard was a deviation from this, are age 24, 25. Isco. So I don't, I don't, Isco is another one. So I don't think they're going to try and sign Salah, especially having seen Hazard um, and the situation with yeah, um, Mo Salah now. Mm. I've just found the figures. Uh, so they are they're three hundred thirty k in profit, but their budgets are set for a three hundred million euro drop in revenue. Okay, yeah. So okay. I mean, that is that is insane. Obviously, they got the costs with the burn about that they're renovating at the moment too, which again. Mm. We'll add on to that. Um, the only really like PSG's really option stuff. as well, you know. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. I feel no, like no PSG is a, is, is, a, is a good shout. People will actually afford them. They just when you're when you're funded by, I guess, an entire country. Um, literally, what's what, what's what's money to you? Um, so yeah, Juventus as well. Juventus, Juventus and PSG probably the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think. Shout out, I think the PSG deal would be obviously contingent on Mbappe and what happens with him. I might even think it. I, I, I'm not sure it is. You don't, you don't honestly. Think so. No, because they have so much money. Like, like genuinely, they have they have so much money. I, I genuinely don't. I think Juve is a is a project that would actually. If I'm Salah, I'm thinking I'm thinking of Juve. Actually, both of them, to be fair, I'm trying to think of both clubs who really, really, really need European success. And well, both would be the reason for that, you know. Both stories would be quite fascinating for Salah because, like, the Juve story. Like, if Ronaldo leaves Juve, having not won the Champions League. Salah mm. can be like, I'm going to do it instead. Yeah, I'm the savior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Ronaldo. It's me. Like that's yeah. the story. And also, if Mbappe or Neymar move on in a few years and he goes to PSG, he can also be like, I'm the one that's going to deliver the Champions League. Yeah. I've done it before, by the way, guys. So I can do it again. Like he could. Both stories will be quite nice for him. Um, if he wants to, like, because I feel like Salah sees his career as a story. Like he's going to. He went to Liverpool to assure us to our greatness and our our glory years. He'll go to another club and try and do the same. So like, yeah, and both. And himself as well. So both clubs will be fast. And he'd also score loads of goals in both leagues. I think I, Salah won't know of his future until Messi makes his move. Messi is going to be the reason why players move across the big teams this summer. So the okay. moment we re- we know where Messi is going, that's when we can work out the merry-go-round. But it, it, it's all dependent on him. So if Messi goes to PSG, Salah's not going to PSG. Do you get what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is when we'll actually realise what will happen. Interesting. Wait, wait, a question rather actually, if I just to you. Mm. Do you oh, are you do you really think he leaves at the end of the season? Uh, I I think using just past experience of what LFC have done, this current regime, 
And I think based on his age and the current abilities that he's at, Mo Salah's not going to peak any further. This is his peak. So if we're looking to make a profit, which is what we want to do when we buy players, this is the best time to sell him. But ultimately, we need to bear in mind, it is a pandemic. And the money that we could have got for him two seasons ago is probably not going to be realistic now. So we have to weigh up the option of what is the maximum we can get for him. If it's not 100 mil and above, is it really worth letting go of Mo Salah right now? And I think that's that's what it goes down to. But I do think the club would kind of assess the situation and look to move him on if they could get a good fee. The Mbappe Mo Salah swap deal is very much on the cards. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Me, myself, um, I'm I'm a businessman. I'm very much in the business of Roberto Firmino. Mark, I know you're also in the business of Roberto Firmino. when many people wavered and they were shouting for people such as German Shane Long, um, amongst others, to come in and kind of take the mantle as Liverpool's number nine, um, me, me, me and yourself, we never really wavered. We, we stood firm. We kept our faith. Don't even give me that. Marco definitely wavered. Are you mental? Mark, <laughs> in, <laughs> Mark in the Discord was moving crazy. That I don't want to see this. And Mark is the biggest top red I've ever met. Yeah, actually, no, apart from David's brother. But Mark was moving <laughs> Mark was moving mad. Yeah, Mark, don't you dare try and be all humble. Like, oh, that's my guy. You better tell the truth now. Yeah. Obviously, I voiced my frustrations at him not scoring goals. That's what I'm going to leave it as. I voiced my frustrations, but he's always been my boy. RF9, baby. All day, every day. You made me sick, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what relationship, that's what all relationships are like, though. They have their highs, they have their lows, they have their arguments. You have your spats, you go, uh, you should go on the bench. No, you should start. No, we want this new guy to come in. But in the end, it all works itself out. And you score late winners and you score fantastic goals against Crystal Palace. And, you know, you can be optimistic for the future. Go on, Mark. Sorry. Exactly. What's a marriage without a few arguments, man? Literally. Sorry, I'm just in a fantastic uh, <laughs> comment from Ellis there. Um, can you confirm or deny that you were crying to Kai Havertz? Kai Havertz? He's got three. Firmino, and with, with the current uh, uh, form that we're seeing, 
I am Asian Paul Heyman. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you are. So, so what are you expecting between now and the end of the season in terms of goal return? Let's say in the league. In the league, um, yeah. I boldly said going off last season's XG, it would be around about fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Um, if he ends up with twelve, thirteen, going off his current form, because I mean we're still not halfway through the season yet. Um, so I'd say if he bags 12, 13 goals, gets seven assists, for me, that's a really good, that's a really good return. Mm-hmm. 12, 12, 13 goals would be really disappointing, I think. So that means you're essentially thinking he's on, he's on five goals now, he's going to score seven between now and the end of the season. Yeah, but I, I, but I look at it in terms of the split. So Salah's more than likely going to score the majority of the goals, as he does. But if Bobby gets the, so I'm looking at it from a half, half point of view. So you've got, at the moment, you've got Salah who's on 13 goals, you've got Jota who's on 5, you've got Firmino who's on 5, and you've got Mane who's on 5. So if both of them keep coming up with that current total, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, but Chris... But I can, so I, I, I can, but I can understand if, it were, if you look at it on paper and say it's 13 goals. Why however, you however, but then Chris, if you think about this, how many games we've got left? So we've played 14, we've got 24 left, yeah? So but just, if you just work it out really quickly, that is, if he scores seven goals, so he scores seven or eight more goals, that's about, that's about, a, that's about one in three for the rest of the season or just under, or just, or just under one in three. How, is that, are you, are you saying that on the back of maybe not so much of a good year last year? Maybe it's just a downturn in form recently. Obviously, he's started to play much better now. Or are you saying that respectively? That's just uh, the expectations that you have for Roberto Firmino. Respectively, more than anything, because he's not, at the end of the day, for me, still, he's not a primary goal scorer. That is on the shoulders of Mo Salah. So if Bobby put himself in more positions to score, as he did at the weekend, I mean, granted, both of the goals of the weekend were absolutely superb goals, and you're probably going to yeah. put yourself in those positions every single week. But if you're, this is the thing with Firmino, he's not prominent in the 12 yard box as a traditional number nine normally is. So if you look at a guy, you look at Calvert Lewin, Calvert Lewin's got what, 11, 12 goals this season? How many of those have been outside of the 12 yard box? None. None have been outside of the um of this of this is it the six yard box within the eighteen yard box? <laughs> none, none have been outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else, man. You got you got to credit everything with that. So he's a real he's a guy who, Yeah, man. He's he, this is a guy who's all over the pitch. So if he's facilitating more and he's xg uh, be a bit more technical, if his xg chain is fairly high at the end of the day. He's having an active contribution in more goals. For me, I think that's that's completely fair. But again. When we talk about the need for more goals, 13, 13 goals would be uh, what a massive increase from what it would be last season. Would that about plus five? Well, again, we're saying that was a down year for Bobby, and this one would be an increase. So, okay, yeah. to add to what Chris was saying, we, yeah, Bobby's probably. never really been a prolific goal scorer. Full stop. I think his highest with us has been twelve, I believe, which was sixteen, seventeen. No, he's so got fifteen in the league before. Okay, 15 in the league. If he gives me 15 yeah. and 10 assists, I'll be absolutely happy. Eight more goals That's and more more pitches and 10 assists. I'm all right with that. Especially yeah. with what Chris had in mind. That we have two shooters on the team already. This is what I always say to Julian whenever he was saying, get a bit from our club. Like, we have two shooters already. Most clubs don't have two ridiculous shooters that will go for 25 goals a season in the league. But we have Sadio Mane and we have Salah who are possible, capable of doing that, sorry. And then we have Bob, 
Firmino who can chip in with double digits. And we have a few midfielders in Oxley chamberlain and now Lutter, who's a forward, not a midfielder, but someone else who can chip in with maybe another double-digit figure or Oxlade with another five goals somewhere in that region. We have quite a lot of goals throughout the team, so I'm not too worried about Firmino's tally. It's more about his performances. I want good performances each and every time he's on the pitch. And I want him to contribute in some form or the other, if it's a goal or an assist, whatever. So, so my critique of this team has always been about uh, certainly in the last two years since seventeen eighteen about us being not being clinical and we don't take our chances. Like Paris was an example of a game where we took all of our chances practically. Um and I think the reason why I want Firmino to score more goals is because A, he wants to score more goals. Like Bobby Firmino wants to score goals. Agreed. And also it helps it helps us be more clinical if Firmino's scoring more goals because last season what we saw with Firmino is he took loads of shots, but he wasn't converting those shots. He wasn't finishing well. So Firmino wants to score goals, which is why I want him to score more goals. So I want Firmino to be closer to one in two um, because, you know, he wants to score more goals. And also, like, I, it, this season is going to be a long season. And I go back to a point, <laughs> go back to a point I raised earlier. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> OK, so just, just to explain why um, everyone's laughing, someone has dropped in, Farouk has dropped in the YouTube comments, Mike, cut that high top. Have you ever seen a politician with a high top? <laughs> I'll be the first politician with a high top. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that energy. Like, Come on, Mike. I like, I like that from you. I like that from you, mate. I like that. We don't just take, we don't just take the shot. We shoot back. Um, Mike, um, it's kind of what we were going over what we were talking about. With the Spurs game and the Palace game, the Spurs game more in particular, did you find Firmino in more favourable positions that were inside the 18-yard box? Because for the Spurs game, I felt like I did. He was finding himself in those spaces. And the problem, I know we were literally just talking about it in terms of lack of ruthlessness. In the Spurs game, we were getting so many decent chances, but we were literally just shooting them right at Hugo Lloris, as opposed to any other side of him. I mean, probably would have been three goals up. Yeah, finishing at Spurs was really frustrating because you see the manager manage has a chance, Curtis Jones has a chance in the game. We just shot straight at Lloris and we haven't been aiming for the corners. And that's obviously how you can score your goals. You aim for the corners away from the goalkeeper. You score your goals. And I just think Firmino is... He kind of, like... I think he's someone that, like, signifies how poor we've been in terms of finishing over the last few years, I think. Like, we, we aren't as good when it comes to finishing as, as we should be. Um given the quality of forwards we have. And I think Firmino is someone's quite emblematic of that. Like, he's someone that should score more goals, just as, as a team, we should score more goals. And what we're seeing now is, like, he has confidence. He's playing with his tail up. And I think moving forward, I think Firmino's going to go on a little spell now over Christmas because... And I think the rest of the front three will too. I think Manny's going to be hungry to score goals. And I think Salah, he has an innate drive to always score goals. And I think with our games now, we have Newcastle and West Brom in the next two for a goal for the front three in our next few games. Southampton are a team that we should be wary of, but I think we can score quite a few against them too. So, like, I think moving forward now, what we're going to see is the front three all wanting to score goals. And we could see, you know, a similar trend to what we saw in seventeen eighteen, where it's like they all three of them scored in the same game consistently. Because I think they all want to. And, like, Salah looks like he's going to have a season where he scores north of 30 goals. I think Mane, again, will go on a little run. And my concern for me, and just to go back to him as well, is, is what... I've always been more concerned with the performance level. Like, so I, for me, the reason I was particularly concerned at the start of the season was because he was not doing the things Firmino gets praised for doing. So he wasn't really dropping the link in play well. He wasn't pressing that well. He wasn't doing all of those things. 
But now he's doing that and scoring goals. This is a good sign. And like, I hope that moving forward in the period we're about to approach, because again, we have loads of games this season and we need to kill games off early. Moving forward, I think we need to just make sure that we are being clinical. And I hope Firmino is kind of, and his recent form is, is a sign that we've turned, we've turned the page and we, we're about to embark on a spell of form where we're, we're more clinical and taking more chances. Uh, yeah, I know people do have a lot more things to say, but the guidelines, the guidelines that I strictly enforce because I am the enforcer of the guidelines, the creator of the guidelines and the enforcer of the guidelines. So uh, uh, we'll take that one offline. <laughs> uh, we do have West Bromwich Albion uh, this Sunday. So, you know, we can kind of like... Big Sam. Big Sam. He is back. He's back to terrorise. Um, did anyone watch... Fucking hell. Um <laughs> What? What? Are, are you a big Sam fan? <laughs> no, I'm just more, I'm just, just surprised at the vim that you came with the pig. Yeah, nah, I can't stand that. I can't stand that bloke. Uh, I think I think it's really funny that um, he's you know, a massive, massive like Wolves fan, and he's got to go and manage West Brom. And this is that was is he really. Yeah, yeah. He's, wow. he's from Dudley, which is the funny thing. Okay. Um, and he was a massive, massive Wolves fan. And this, that was one of the questions he got quizzed on. And he couldn't even hide it. He had to genuinely admit that he was a Wolves fan as a kid and stuff. Um, <laughs> so Albion fans were not happy about that. Um, they weren't great against Aston Villa. Granted, they were down to 10 men. Jake Livermore did get set off. He'll have a lot more time to train with the team, kind of get them in that bastard style that he wants them to do, sit back and try and grab a goal. Um, we can expect, I can fully expect we'll see some Hal Robson Carnu at some point. Uh, because, I mean, if there's one kind of striker that um, Big Sam like, it's Hal Robson Carnu. Um, Marco, as the resident writer of the uh, pre-match previews, the Watch, which you can find for free on our Patreon page uh, a few days before the game starts, um, what are you expecting to see stylistically and in player deployment from West Brom this weekend? Okay, um, prior to Big Sam's appointment, I would have said that they defend really, really naively. Um, I remember watching them in several games towards the beginning of the season and they just defended like a championship team. They didn't really pick up runs into the box. They drifted from runners. But Big Sam will have them in a mould and have a great setup about them coming into the game. Um, I believe that it will be a low-scoring game just because new managers tend to have an instant impact on most clubs, even if it is something like the first game and then they go on the run of losing every single game but in that first game there is always that boost when a new manager comes along and being that Big Sam is a really really defensively astute manager I believe that will be on the defensive end and he will set up in a way to make sure that they're hard to break down Um, with us playing so well going forward that might not be a problem at all, and we might cut through them quite easily. Um, it also depends on who we start. Being that it is West Brom, we could see some rotation. We could see Mourinho start again. Um, we could see Oxley Chamberlain given some more minutes. So it could be one or the other. It'd be a really, really low scoring game, or we could absolutely go through them and take advantage of that naivety if it is still there. In terms of player deployment, I don't know the team in and out yet. The upwatch will be done in the next few days or so. So I'll do my little scouting on them and see who I think will be danger men in the team. Um, but Helen Grant looks okay going forward. 
But again, he's the championship level striker. I don't expect him to trouble us too much, especially if we start with the defensive duo of Matip and Fabinho. Um, I know Matip could be afforded rest, but I do like the consistency of two centre backs playing together and building up that understanding yeah. as much as possible. So we'll wait and see and see how Big Sam sets them out and what we can do to break them down. But I do expect a win, no less. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I actually disagree with Markin, but I do, I do think there's a lot, there's, there are goals here for us on on Sunday. Like, I, as I said, the front three have clicked into form at the right time. But also something we haven't spoken, I don't think, I don't, I've not heard anyone speak about this. Maybe it's because I don't, I picked up on it. And maybe no one else did, or no, or maybe people don't don't agree with me. I think the fullbacks are back in form, like Trent, especially after his layoff, his injury layoff. On Saturday, I thought he looked a bit sharper. Um, like for me, he was involved in a lot of the goals. Like if it wasn't, he wasn't, if it wasn't the assist, like for Henderson goal, he gets the assist, but he was playing the pass before the assist. And I and I think that like moving forward, the fullbacks are back in form. Henderson's playing well. The midfield are playing quite well, and also we have our um, front three back in form. So this could be a really high scoring game, I think. No, I, could, uh, I actually kind of agree with both of you because it, it just depends on. Um, it depends on how long the big Sam is going to have on the training pitch with these guys and how quickly he he, he can drill them. Um, considering the question that we've just seen in the uh, in the comments, it's quite an apt terminology I'm using there. Um, yeah, um, but I also do think just considering how they played against Villa and granted they were down to ten men, they lost possession so much in midfield. Um, you consider the team that we have and how ruthless we can be. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I've been saying I've said it for the majority since we've signed the fella and hopefully he is in for, he returns to training this week and does have a chance to feature but Fahi I'll come to you on this mm. this seems like the perfect game for one Thiago and Cantara does it not? against West Brom? yeah are you mad? They will, they will gonna, break his legs. They're not going to kill him. No, no, no. Not against Big Sam. Nah, that, that is literally the worst. I, I'm, I'm, I completely opposed to that. I, I, I think that's the worst game to bring him in. Like, literally, no, I, 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 Burnley, Burnley's the worst game for it. Well, if anything, Big Sam, that pig. He's gonna, he's gonna clatter. He's gonna make, he's gonna make sure Thiago clatters. Nah, man, you don't risk him there. You don't risk him there. I, I, I mean, I get, I get, I get your logic, but nah, I can't do it. No, Chris, Chris, oh. you know what I would do? I'd bring him on if we're if we're like two or three, three goals up. You bring him on with twenty minutes to go and let him have a run out yeah. then. But I don't think That's you can start Thiago against West Ham. This is this is my thing with these two upcoming games because. You look at how both teams are set up stylistically. I mean, I mean, I watched Newcastle against Fulham. I have no idea why I was bored. Fuck all else to do. Um, and Newcastle were diabolical. Fulham were all over them. Uh, so I think Thiago in that setting as well would be absolutely fantastic. I think there is a very good case for Naby Keita to be starting this game. Um, much like yeah. a, much like much like a car uh, in the winter. Took a while for the engine to get going, but when it got there, he was all revved up and good to go for us. Um, and performing well, was so press resistant, he was breaking the lines, and he was a really impactful player. Harold, um, we do have a piece. We actually we, uh, we do have a Patreon piece coming up on uh, Naby Kaiser that will be up on our Patreon page tomorrow uh, by one of our Patreon uh, subscribers, Simeon. So be on the lookout for that. Harold, um, 
just keeping with the Nabi Kais chat for a second, uh, A, would you play him against West Brom? And B, do you think the set of fixtures we have coming up and with the rotation that will be needed, he'll be a key cog in some of these games? Okay, I'll answer the first part first. Um, Nabi Keita. <sighs> Nabi Keita, where do I start with him? Um, it's, yes, it's a love-hate relationship with Nabi Keita. Obviously, I think the, the quality there is... Um, I think it's I think it's respected. I think a lot of people like realise that he does have the ability. Obviously, it's, it's the availability which is which is coming into question. I, I say we should play him against West Brom, but I mean he he should generally be playing every game. Like he he's, he's of that ilk. He's of that quality where he should be playing every single game. He is necessary. He is needed to break down some of these low block teams. No doubt West Brom are not going to come come to are, are not going to come to Anfield and start and start playing um the of football. So. It's, he, he should play. He should play. This is another opportunity, another opportunity for him to show his worth. I, I hope he can have another game like he did against Bournemouth. Obviously, Bournemouth let, made it very, very easy for us against them last year at the um, at the Vitality Stadium. But yeah, his quality is there, man. I mean, I, I feel like I'm flogging a dead horse when I when I speak about Naby Keita. In all honesty, I think all of our our thoughts, even even his most trusted supporter and Marco, he's he's still a bit like you know what. In fact, you know what? I take that back. Marco is Marco special. The, the rest of us, the rest of us, understand that Naby Keita just may not be the. He's just not going to be the guy that we thought he was, unfortunately. But yeah, why not? He 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 should definitely start. Um, and and you mentioned about the games coming up. I don't remember off the top of my head who we have coming. Up. I know I know we have um we have West Brom. I know we have Newcastle. I know we have United. I don't know exactly what order that's in. Um, but I know those are three of the games that we have coming up. Look, if he can stay fit, then then he's obviously he's obviously give, giving questions to um to, to to Klopp, but that's that's just the question, isn't it? When he does play, he does look like he does have some spark to him. When he when he doesn't play well, he normally comes off injured, and that that is that's generally it. Um, yeah, that's I, I don't have much more to say on 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 Naby, unfortunately. I hope I hope we can just get a run of games together, but honestly, it's it's looking really really tight for him at the moment. We've obviously Ox coming back into the. Klopp's coming back into the picture. Thiago coming back into the picture. Klopp is like, you know, and obviously Jones has come in and he's and he's done such a good job. Klopp yeah. is probably thinking to himself, oh, mate, let me just let me play some players I know I can rely on, you know, and they'll last the whole ninety minutes and they won't go out like uh, like end on ballet on me, you know. So yeah, that's uh, it. On, on Naby, on Naby, I actually think he could be valuable to us moving forward in the next few few months. Like he's someone you want to play against the low blocks and. No one can doubt Naby Keita's quality. Like for me, the, the main concern with Naby Keita, as Harold has highlighted, is availability. Like when we saw Naby Keita towards the back of the last season put together a spell of games, he was probably our best player. So post lockdown, Naby Keita was probably our best performer, and that's when he plays consistently and stays fit. So like, there's no doubt about his quality. We all know he's a quality player. I'm just hoping and praying he can stay fit between now and the end of the season because I think if he does stay fit, we're talking about how good Keita is. So it's important he does stay fit and hopefully. He can contribute between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and if not, we can recoup some value on him if he leaves at the end of the season. Um, yeah. So there we go. Uh, yeah, West Brom. It's it is a weird one. They're, they're, they've been playing Branislav Ivanovic, who is like nine hundred years old and looks nine hundred years old. So I feel like there's definitely goals there to be had, but obviously it depends on the time that uh, Big Sam's going to have on the pitch with them. Uh, but yeah, no, look forward to that one at the weekend. As it is, the, as it is the Christmas Christmas season, we are a few days away from Christmas. Um, one of the things that we like to do in Christmas time is we like to get some presents for our loved ones, and we are fastly approaching the uh, winter transfer window. 
Um, do you guys expect there to be any kind of signings this winter? Uh, I mean, we've already had the reports come out. We've linked to a few players, uh, some lads from Lille. Uh, but from what I've seen from players from Lille, I don't want any more players from Lille. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, one of them cost 72 million quid and he's fucking shit. Um, I love how you you literally never mince your words, Gilan. That's just, it's, it's it's great from you. I've literally got physical data that says he's been shit. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, we, we've all been very vocal, and this goes back so many months um, in regards to the one area of the pitch that we feel like we need to strengthen. Then, and by God, do we still need to strengthen it now? Yeah. Centre back. Now, it's an odd one because we did a Patreon-exclusive show where uh, myself, Mike, Ellis and Marco uh, discussed... We did a little bit of a shopping list of uh, centre-backs that we discussed. So out of those four centre-backs, we discussed uh, Deat Upamakano, Ibrahim Akonate. Um, Mark, who was yours again? Sorry. I can't remember who it was. Um, Jonathan Tarr. Jonathan Tarr. That was it. Johnny Tarr, our lad from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, and Ozan Kabak. Now... Because we've patrolled Red Bull Leipzig in the Champions League and we're playing them in February, I don't think those two are any viable options for us anymore. So, I want you guys, Mike, I'll start with you, centre-back. Do you think we'll buy one? And who do you think it'll be? So, I'm increasingly sceptical that we're going to sign centre-back in January. We haven't been linked heavily to any, and I know we do operate in a very secretive way, so like our links to a player might emerge like 24 hours before they sign. But I don't think... The fact there's been no noise about a centre-back would lead me to believe we aren't going to sign one. And I think Klopp has big belief in the squad and like the the ability of Reese Williams and Nat Phillips to help fill in whenever he needs them to between now and May. Yeah. I would, I would, I would think it's a bit reckless to not sign centre back, but Klopp knows better than I do. Obviously, he's, he's shown that over the last two years, two seasons especially. I would want to sign the Ajax player, I'm sure. Yeah. If we were yeah. to sign one, I, I, Kanate would be Kanate or Upamecano would be like the kind of luxury signings for centre back. I think that we need maybe in the summer. But yeah. I was impressed. I've been impressed by Show and ever watched him play. I mean, as a player in there, he's quick, he's strong, he's got a good frame, he, he can head the ball quite well. You know, he's. He, he he played well against Mane. He up against Mane that day at Anfield when it, when they came to Anfield Ajax. So like he's someone I'd be interested in. But I'm skeptical about us signing centre back. I think if we do sign centre back, it wouldn't be a big name. It wouldn't be like a Canate, a Mancano, even a Quebec. It'll be someone that re- relatively unknown, but it's got like quality and talent. Probably someone who's a younger centre back, maybe twenty twenty one. You can come in, play a few games, maybe rotate with Reese Williams and. Um, Fabinho, massive etc. But he's not going to be a mainstay between them um, January and May. So it will be a young yeah, centre back. But again, I'm not convinced we're going to sign one. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. 
That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Fahi, I'll come to you on this. Centre backs. Do you think it's more of a case of if the opportunity presents itself? As we discussed earlier, football isn't in the best shape financially. Uh, you've got clubs in Germany, and more importantly, you've got clubs in France who are, I mean, to put, to put, to put it in uncertain terms, those brothers starving for money. Uh, and they could be selling, ass, selling off assets at a lower rate. Do you think it's more of a case of we have a short list and if the opportunity presents itself, we'll make a move into the market? So there's been reports of Quebec. Obviously, a uh, friend of the pod, Chris Williams, confirmed that we had an interest in Quebec, had some initial um, talks with Schalke at the time, uh, but they wanted north of £30 million, which we weren't prepared to do at the time. It's now coming out they want around ten million pounds as their financial situation has worsened and the team seem on the verge of relegation. Do you think? Just to go back to my earlier question. Do you think it's a more present, uh, case of if the opportunity presents itself, we'll make a move? Yeah, no, I think I think we're definitely looking for a centre back. That's what, that's clear as day. But we we, we will only um, pull the trigger on a deal if the deal is suitable to us. So if we feel like we can get a bargain or we can get a player in a category A or B tier and that player is in the price range that we want them to be in, then we'll make that sign. And we're not going to do anything emergency-wise. Like we're not going to do what we did with um, Stephen Corker or whatever it is. We're oh, not going to do anything Stephen like that. Stephen Corker. Yeah, like that, 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 that won't happen again. Um, it's it's going to be a case of if we can get the player that we want that fits our profile, for yep. a price that we want, then we'll sign him. Um, I think we will sign someone in January. Um, I think we've probably already prepped it up already. Uh, I think it's ready to go. Uh, who it's going to be, I don't have a clue. Um, but I, I do think we are, we're going to sign a defender in January. If we don't, it's criminal, in my opinion. Yeah. It's negligent. Yeah. And I really dislike when we do that so I hope we've learned our lesson because if Matip drops injured again or Fabinho drops injured we are screwed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we do need to sign one and I'm certain we will sign a centre back yeah, I, so I say this every week we are legitimately about one injury for either Glam or Ellis being a centre back yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah just, just, just touch on what, um, what Fai said about the centre back options yeah, I, I just, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I was literally about to say it would be gross negligence if we didn't actually look to buy a centre-back. And not even for the fact that, OK, say, for instance, Matic Gons on a, on a great run of, a great run of um, availability. So just, just as he did at the end of the uh, 18-19 season, where we went on that really long winning run, and he obviously he, he, um, he replaced uh, Gomez at the back, and he was great there. If he does that again this season, great. However, the, the, you have to weigh up the opportunity cost as such as, as to... The likelihood, well, not, I wouldn't say the likelihood, just, just, the, just, the, just, the, just like how bad the repercussions would be if you didn't have a backup already set. Obviously, going on, on, on like as support, as backup as to what you've seen from Massive so far in terms of his injury record, just, just, just to say that, God forbid something happens to Fabinho. It's, I think it'll be so ridiculous. I think it'll be so negligent. It will be so misplaced, it'll be so it'll be it'll just be it'll be it'll just be ridiculous. Like I I I'm losing superlatives, but I I just don't think it it makes any sense at all. I don't really care who we bring in. I I be, and I only say that because I do believe in Liverpool's recruitment process 
as of yeah. late, let's say. And there's the options there are available. I do think there's loads of loads of options available um, who are very, very competent. The option that um, Mike spoke of, um, sure, he reminds me of Delit with just a bit of pace. He's very aggressive. He's very in your face. He's he looks like him. That also helps as well. And we we also saw how 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 Delit has been playing this season. Has been playing quite well, and as opposed to he's not so good last season. So. Look, there's 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 players available, but we need to bring someone in. And don't get me wrong, we shouldn't sign a player for the sake of it. However, the repercussions or the 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 negative downsides as to not signing someone outweighs the the the, the benefits of keeping the players that we have. If you hopefully you get what I'm trying to say here, I, th- I think there are enough players that fit the profile for us to be able to sign in January, and they're not at big clubs either. I mean, Pear Scherz is, Ajax is a big club, no matter what anyone thinks of the Dutch league. They are a big club. In, ter- in terms of our other targets or players suitable in that criteria, there are players available. So um, I, I don't feel like it, it would be an emergency kind of signing. I'm going to throw a name out there and I'm probably going to get pelted for it, but I know he was in the category B list that we grade in players. James Tarkowski of Burnley. One of the most glamorous names. But yeah, as I see it, it's someone you could bring in, and he's got one year left on his contract. He'd probably bring him in for twenty-five million. And if you want to sell him off in a year, eighteen months' time, there'll still be suitors there who want to pick him up. West Ham, Actually, Dan, 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 question. Your hand off. Is he the is he the centre back? Is he the guy who spoke out when um when the Burnley fans uh drove over a banner when that during was, the Black Lives Matter? That was, was that been me. That was Ben Me. Okay, and then no, I don't care about Tarkovsky. I'm sorry, mate. I don't give a damn. <laughs> he can, he can just stay right where he is on, on tide side. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Chris, Christian, my thing with my thing with centre backs from like Burnley and clubs like that is, I don't see how their skills can transfer to a team like us. So like Burnley play a low block. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't. So if he was playing a more expansive brand of football, where I can see him build play from the back and be involved in the first phase of build up play. And see how he how he how he plays when he's able to have time on the ball, etc. I'd be more keen to pass judgment on him whether he can play for us or not. But we see him play a very kind of like a very different side of play to football we play. He's not really involved in the first phase of build up play, and if he is, it's to play a long ball to centre forward. I just don't see. I, I I can't judge him as a Liverpool centre based on what I've seen so far. My I'm very reluctant to sign players that don't play anywhere near the way we play, especially centre backs because. Our centre-backs are very, it's a very special position for us. You have to be a good one-on-one defender. You have to be quick. You have to be good on the ball. You have to be good aerially. These are all things that you need to be. And I'm not sure Tarkovsky is quick based on what I've seen. I'm also not sure if he's good on the ball because I don't really get to see that side of him because he plays for Burnley. So I'm re- I would much rather someone like Scherz or someone who plays a progressive style of football where we can actually see, OK, he has these, this skill set. And he plays for a team that build from the back, and he can transfer these these skills to to Liverpool and and improve as a player. I just find it hard to judge players that play in in low block systems. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think mean, you've got that category of player in the Premier League. Um, you've got your James Tarkowski, your Lewis Dunks, your Jamal Lascelles. They're all kind of in that mix of player where they're clearly very talented centre backs. But would they do? Yeah, you know, would they uh, fit the bill in terms of? Um, <laughs> in, in terms of would they fit the Buffalo for <laughs> I think it just uh, it, it just wouldn't happen for me if we can get Quebec for 10 million quid I think you do it every day uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm a bit of a I'm a Quebec fan I could be Paul Heyman for him as well the stable just keeps on growing 
just before we move off transfer signings, I also think we're going to strengthen two other areas. So, um, I think we're going to agree a deal for a midfielder. Not sign, but agree a deal for summer. I also think Origi leaves this January to go to Wolves because of Rahimnes' injury. I think they're going to apply pressure and try to make a £20 million signing. Um, and then we could see someone come in. But the Minamino playing well... What's that based on... Um... Mark, um, what's that based on? Vibe? Trust nah, me, bro. In Mark's in Mark's defense, there was a there was an athletic piece that came out last week that Wolves are ready to make a move for Divock Origi. All right, all right, then Mark. Come on, man. I'll allow you to stand still. No, I'm 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 just teasing Mark. To be fair, like I do yeah, think him leaving in January, <laughs> I, I do think leave, him leaving in January is like a plausible option, and I think it would make sense for all parties. Like Origi's time at the club. Probably came to its natural conclusion this summer, and he should have moved on this summer. And like yeah. now he's here, and I think it, Wolves would be a, a, a good move for him. Like Wolves would suit him. He'd score loads of goals there. Makes he won't score loads of goals. He'll score goals, but not loads of goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it becomes, it becomes a it becomes a bit of Liverpool folklore. It becomes kind of like what uh, the the old, older generation kind of thought of David Fairclough. Uh, and guys like that. So we're gonna we're gonna close off the pub with a question we've had from Timmy from Mugger. Um, do Klopp's players make his system, or does his system make the players? He needs a definitive answer. So, <laughs> so he's saying none of this bit of both thing. Well, I mean, I think that's a bit ridiculous, but he's he's a pretty ridiculous <laughs> guy, so I guess it makes sense. Anyway, sorry. His, 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 his system makes the players. It's clear as day. You've brought, you've literally brought in players. You put them in his system, and they've performed to a super level, like uh, echelons above what they were before. Like I, I, don't, I don't know how this is even a discussion, to be honest. Mo Salah wasn't Mo Salah till he came to, till he came to a crop system. Same with Mane. As opposed to Ole, who just goes, "Well, right, lads, let's go out and have a good time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. literally. I, I also, it's, that's just the way football is now in general. Like. Teams and, and managers have a system they want to play, or, yeah. or they have players, and they try and be- get the best out of these players in a particular system. It's like yeah. Guardiola, for example. De Bruyne, De Bruyne is the player he is for, for Guardiola, not just because he's, he's a phenomenal footballer, but because he, he plays in Guardiola's system that brings the best out of him and it was his his set in the best possible way. So, like, of course, the system is is really, really important. Trent, for example, who has unbelievability. Would he be essential to, like, I don't know, Tottenham's build-up play in the first phase or the second phase, uh, as he is for us? I don't think he would. So, again, that's top system, enabling Trent to show his skill set of his ability off both feet to control games yeah. for first and right back. So, like, it, yeah. the answer probably is a bit of both, but also, like, top system is very, very important. Like, it brings the best out of the players we have. Yeah, I don't think it's both. I don't think it's both at all, man. I, I genuinely do not think it's both. I don't see how anyone can say it's both. That literally, we have seen players that have not been rated by other clubs come into his system and turn into the best player in their position. Like it, it no, it's I, a long I discussion. I, I I agree. But I'm. You don't, we do have some players that I think would perform well elsewhere. Like, I think Salah right now, the player we right now. Yes, he's matured. Oh, no, that's different. Though. No, 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 no. I get that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, with that. fair, yeah. fair, 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 fair. So yeah. let's see. And just, 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 just,
just to give another perspective, sorry there, Dan, I definitely talked over yeah. you. Apologies, mate. Um, let's give another perspective. Obviously, Mike gave an example of De Bruyne and, and Guardiola, but let's give an example of a lesser quality in, in a lesser team. So let's talk about Hassan Hootel's, um Southampton. And you just and you look yeah. at the importance of a manager and instilling their philosophy on the team. And obviously, there's a good comparison with, between Southampton and Arsenal at the moment. And you're thinking, Arsenal have better quality players. Hassan Hootel is a better manager than Arteta. There's a reason why he's managing to get more output out of lesser quality players than Arteta is with better quality players. It goes to show his system, his philosophy that he has in football is more important. And that is... Aside from the yeah. logistics of obviously the replacement factor of a manager as opposed to players, it's obviously much easier to fire a manager as opposed to fire your whole t- the whole squad of players. Aside from that, managers do really make a difference. And you, it goes to show exactly what Fahi's saying. We did have some players who weren't exactly respected in their positions before Klopp came in and made them who they who they are. I.e., the best example I can give you is Andrew, Andrew Robertson. And it's, it's, it goes to show, like, it is... Like it is, it is, it is the manager who makes who, who does makes the system, and and the players play in their position. Obviously, they're fantastic quality. We do have some players who have just been exceptional, like Michael Saint, Salah, Mane, who just be ridiculous wherever they go. But I do think more so it is it is on the system, and and that has been installed by Klopp. Yeah, I think there's also one more factor which isn't really about the system or the players, but it's more about buying into what the manager wants, and I feel like Klopp and his personality. He has been able to get everybody to buy into what he's doing and come along for the project, so they perform at a slightly better level. Like when you're playing for a manager that you like, and when you're playing for the club, you play at a slightly, well, you play with more passion, and that's dictated in Adrian Robertson, who goes over and above. Like he would be injured and he would still play for his injury because that's the type of player that Robertson is. He's brought into this philosophy that Klopp has brought at the club and this culture that's all around the board at the moment. So I think, yeah, it is mainly the manager and what the manager instills into the club that makes the players who they are. Anyone else have anything else they want to add on there? Nope. No, good stuff. Of course, um, if you want to hear more thoughts from myself and the rest of the boys, then please do head over to our Patreon page. That is patreon.com forward slash coffee and fracast. And from as little as £3 a month, uh, you can get access to a whole host of content we've already got on the page and a whole host of content we've got coming up. Uh, obviously, the transfer window will be active soon. We'll be covering that in the most detail you will see. Uh, we have our post-match Patreons as well. And just a whole host of amazing stuff we've got coming up for you guys. Uh, we want to keep you covered in these uh, weird times so do head over to our Patreon page and subscribe today so for myself Chris Harold Mike Marco and Fahi this has been your this week's episode of Cup and Fracas powered by Touchline Media Group and we will see you next week have a fantastic Christmas peace see ya Merry Christmas Merry Christmas everyone Feliz Navidad Podcast Network.